Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number seven. I am expert Matt O'Leary, joined by expert Mitch Anderson. Mitch, is it finally fall up there in Canada, or are we still summertime heat up there? Uh, it's it's weird. We're getting a little bit of both. Where we're getting some regular weather, and now intermixed with like hundred degrees. It's well, maybe not hundred. It's maybe not that high anymore. But we're getting some like twenty sixes instead of. 32s which is absurd in the morning it's cold and in the afternoon it's deadly hot maybe not deadly that's that's exaggerating but you get my drift it's, i got your drift it's not fun right now you leave the house with like a sweater and you're comfortable and then when you get back home you're dying and sweating profusely it's absurd see it's finally fall on long island now it's a brisk in the 50s it's starting mm. to feel like october so it makes me feel like hockey is right around the corner because it is Oh, it's not even right around the corner. It is here. Yes, there are being regular season, real games are being played as we speak. This is right awesome. Now. And the Islanders, our Islanders, play on Friday in just two days from when we're recording this. So we'll probably, if in two days from now, 48 hours, we'll probably be writing a post game if you think about it. So oh, it's really cool to think. I can't wait. I can't wait. Maybe not to write a post game, whatever. Post games are post games. But. Just to be able to watch meaningful hockey. As you know, I've been watching... Oh, my God, Toronto's up 5 nothing against Winnipeg. Unbelievable. Good thing I didn't put money on down on that. Sheesh. Um, I've been watching preseason hockey consistently. Um, and it's just, it's just not the same than watching actual hockey that matters. Like, no. preseason matters in so much as that you can see the lineups that are coming out and you can see where the coach is kind of thinking and, and what's coming through the system, but like it still doesn't really matter. Right. At the end of the day, the record doesn't mean anything. You get a fresh slate once the regular season starts. But speaking of the preseason, one of the biggest storylines for the Islanders this preseason, I would say, is their youth. And Heck the Islanders yeah. do have a lot of youth on their roster. So we'll start with that. Uh, to me, I would say Barzal stuck out the most. With his seven points in five games. Well, you tabulated it up, or did someone write it out? I, I didn't. I didn't go and add them all up. Oh no, I I found a nice little handy dandy website that that tracked it. Seven points, nice. five games. Uh, I, if you give me a second, I could pull up the rest of the numbers if if you are so curious. I am. It's so seven. That that's the important part is that seven in five games where he had that one game where he had three assists. The game before that, he had that highlight reel goal, and it just—it was a steady progression of he absolutely belongs, and that's what we wanted to see from Matthew Barzal. Is that because last season he we thought he belonged and he got a roster spot out of it, but 
and that quickly dissipated. How much of that was circumstance? The fact that Jack Capuano was behind the bench and not Garth, or sorry, Garth, Jesus, Doug Waite, um, I think is important <laughs> to, yes. to state here. Like he's he's going to be giving second line minutes with Doug Waite, whereas with Capuano he was given nine minutes a night. So very much like label the rookie, like you are not what these other players are. So already setting him in that mindset where he he's not really one of the guys. Whereas with Doug Wade, it's you're here, kid. Your your stats and your talent says that you should be here. You should be here, and I expect you to go. Here's what I think you can do. Go for it. Completely yeah, we didn't get that, that at all with Jack Capuano. He was like, oh. You got to go through our little rookie hazing that we do. You get fourth line minutes. Luckily for you, we don't have Jay Pandolfo on this team. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we know Barzal is not going to be playing nine minutes a night. And no. hopefully he's going to um, pl- play well in that second line role. Because I think that's where he's going to end up being just based off of some of the line combinations we've been seeing in practice the last couple of days. But I did pull up that uh, preseason scoring nice. stats, if you would like to re- me to read off a couple of them. Uh, yeah, Anders, just... Anders Lee sticks out with five points in five games. Okay. Bo had four points in five games. Ah, Bo. Johnny Boychuk had a bunch of shots on goal, 17. In, That's what I want to see. Oh in my three God. games, 17 shots in three games. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Those are some of the numbers that stuck out to me when I saw and uh I'm definitely sitting there with my colander just mixing the blue and orange Kool-Aid. I am so ready. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to mix that Hawaiian blue and just orange Kool-Aid together to make some beautiful, beautiful purple. I guess that'll be Kool-Aid. Oh, that doesn't sound good. God. Grape Kool-Aid was the worst. Hawaiian does, blue and blue orange, does blue and orange make purple? Is that what we're going with? I think so. I don't know. I, I didn't really do well at art class when it came to the the, the mixing colors, but I, I think guess because blue and red is purple, so I guess blue and orange would probably. Be yeah, purple. we'll just okay. go with that. Someone will correct us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Definitely. So we'll leave it up to them. Um, but sticking out there, so Hosang, what has he got there in terms of, of points? You still got that up? Yeah, Hosang put up pretty decent numbers. Uh, let's see, where is he? Okay, he put up three assists. In six games, so three points in six games. Yeah, and that that's all right. Like that's a you know half a point a night, so that's still about forty one points over an eighty two game season. That's a right. pretty good return. That's what we're expecting from him come the regular season. So really, that kind of return is exactly what we're looking for, and it's no different. We shouldn't be going, oh, he didn't put up seven like Barzal. Okay, sure, whatever. He didn't. It's he's still putting up what we think he should be doing. Right, and he, I think he still passed the eye test. Like when he was out there on the ice, he was a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Like on one of the on the uh, Brock Nelson goal against the Devils mm-hmm. on his first shift, he was making plays. He put a shot on net. It got a nice rebound. Then Brock Nelson was there to put one past Kincaid. That's so right. It worked, and it's exactly what Hosang wanted to do on that play. And I think that's the important part: is he he lifted essentially Brock Nelson. All Brock Nelson needed to do was skate straight down the lane. And Hosang put it up on a golden platter for him going, I know if I shoot, excuse me, shoot from here, it's going to bounce off Kincaid and right on a silver platter. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. It's just, it was a perfect play. But not only is, is, he, is he impressing people with what he's doing to on the offensive side, 
I'm sure everyone has seen it now. It's the the, the, the GIF has made the rounds of Hossang laying a fist on Brandon Manning after he just obliterated Matt Barzal along the boards. And that was beautiful. Oh, I love it so much. I think my favorite part was his quote after the game. <laughs> I forgot who tweeted it out. Someone was like, what happened there? And he was like, oh, uh, no one messes with my guy, Barzal. But I kind of love that he, he got in there, he got a shot in, and then dipped right out. It, it was nice and quick. He didn't stay in there. Uh, it didn't get dumb. He got a shot in. He made his point, and then that was at the end of it. Yeah, like he's 173 pounds. Manning's 204, and Gudis is 205. Like he, he's not going to stack up pound for pound against these guys. So he's just got to get a shot in, get out, do his business, and, and make it done. He's not going to make any statements, right? Like no one's going to go back to the bench scared that Hosang is patrolling the ice. Um, <laughs> at least physically speaking. They might be scared on a different side of things. But at least physically speaking, he is not an imposing specimen by any stretch of the imagination. But no. the idea is there and that the toughness is there, right? And the willingness to defend a teammate is there. And it's something that we've encountered throughout our adventures on Isles Twitter of people saying that the Isles don't have toughness. They don't have that guy who's going to beat someone up. And you're going, well, you don't necessarily need that if everyone else is willing to take a stand and play not an incredibly physical game, but at least have a more physical element to their game, which is what Hosang did there. Like There are nights when Scott Mayfield won't be in the lineup, and we don't need him in the lineup. So the other players can just step it up at, at least just like that and get their point across. Simple right. enough. Speak, since you brought it up, I was going to maybe save it for the social segment, but since you brought it up, did yeah. you see the, the shirts that they made, the hit them first? That's going to yes. be their slogan this year. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, what do they mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's everyone's question is that what does that, does that phys- mean hit them first physically? Does that mean hit them first with a scoring first? Does that just mean being first every puck? Because if so, that's not really what you're saying here. So I, I have a lot of questions with what it's supposed to mean. And I, and I saw a staple tweeted something out about it, but like it, it was essentially along the lines that they just want to be first to everything. Which okay. doesn't really make any sense. When I first saw it, I thought, Oh God, no! We're gonna go back to the the dump and chase, <laughs> and, and, and literally, I took it like, I guess I'm not good at reading between the lines. I just take things very literally. So I was like, oh, oh here we go. That means we're gonna dump it around the boards, chase after the puck, and then lay into somebody first. Literally, hit them first. Yeah, um, exactly. But hopefully, that's not the case because I was very much, I very much enjoyed watching the Islanders in the second half last season. They played a much faster paced game. It was more. Offensive minded, I think is fair to say, and I'm hoping that carries over into this year. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't actually hit them first. Don't do it literally, unless it means like what you said, <laughs> score first. Then I'm all about scoring first. Do that in all 82 games for all I care. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it if it's really just not a physical thing. Like, I under I understand the idea of, of the Islanders. They do play that physical style, right? Like Matt Martin was led the league in hits for years upon years, um, and same thing with uh, Cal Clutterbuck, right? Like he's just a battering ram on skates. So they're they're going to be a physical team. They're going to hit people. I just I don't want us to only be that. And, and to be fair, we don't have the personnel to do that anyways, right? No, Beauvillier. Barzal, Hosang, they're not hitters, right? Like they weigh, like again, Hosang weighs 173. Like they're not big guys. Sure enough, he's six feet tall. 
he can still throw some weight around, but he's not going to go and, and dominate people on the boards physically. That's not that's just not his no. game. That's not exactly. They don't have the personnel for it, so I don't think it would make sense for them to uh, take it in the literal form and actually try and hit people first. But like we said, if it's more of a play on words, then yeah, if you want to be first to everything, all right. I think they could have. I saw someone actually uh, say that it's all for hitting hitting them first. Like remember the all for Islanders <laughs> they, from last year? Don't they still have that up on their website? I'm pretty Probably. sure I saw that today. Oh, yeah. I keep I keep writing islanders.com and, and it just brings me to some website. like <laughs> no, some like Hawaiian travel site. And sorry, not Hawaiian, Pacific Caribbean travel site. It's still up there. Yeah. The, the New York Islanders logo top left right next to it all for Islanders. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Like are, are they like the the musketeers? Right? All for one like, and one for all. I guess. I suppose. Then you could just say that. Although I guess that's kind of clumsy. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like these team sayings are all fine. It's just you got to do something. Hit them all sounds pretty dope because it's physical and it's aggressive. So sorry, not hit them all. Hit them first. Hit them first. Um, so it's kind of cool in that sense. I, I, I'm sure they just it just sounds cool. I think that's just it. Yeah, I definitely uh, think so there. Uh, the last youth member that I wanted to talk about was Anthony Beauvillier. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of nice goals in the last preseason oh. game, and he secured himself a nice little roster spot. Yup. So what do you think your over-under on him? So he had, what, 424 points last year? I'm pretty sure. I say that without like actually looking it up. Off the top of my that sounds right. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm just going to bring it up now like instead of just talking out of my back end uh yeah 24 points nine goals 15 assists so here's the thing over under on 14 sorry 23.5 points next year i'm taking the over yeah same thing i'm smashing that over hard um i don't think he's gonna be like a 40 to 50 point guy but a 30 35 point guy yeah i'm pretty sure definitely fair 30 to 35 points yeah because he's playing he's gonna be playing on a line with uh Nelson and Hossein, we assume, right? Based off of preseason and everything we've seen so far. Right. So, like, that's a pretty good line right there. Uh, obviously, the two wingers are going to be doing most of the work, which is kind of the contrary. Usually, it's the center that's doing most of the work. But in this case, the wingers are doing all that heavy lifting. Right. And I saw someone say this online, but it's actually a good point. Why wouldn't they consider making Beauvillier center and then Nelson the wing on that line? Um... That's a good point. Maybe they just don't like Beauvillier as a center, and they just like him as a winger instead. Although I, I remember last year, he was really good at center. Remember that game against Pittsburgh? He was really good down that middle, and they just never put him back there consistently. Yeah, I don't know. Just a proof for thought. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, I want everyone else to weigh in on that. So if you guys listening have any comments on Beauvillier for center, tweet us. We want to hear what you got to say on that because that's a good question, man. I'm, God, I'm stumped because you're right. Like, why the heck not? What do you got to lose? You got a, a pretty good winger. What is a good winger in in Brock Nelson? But you're putting him at center where he's not really good. Yeah, he's got more winger qualities than center qualities, right? Exactly. He's not really a playmaker like most centers. When you think of a dynamic, like a top six center, which he probably should have been. Uh, 
you think, you know, dynamic playmaking ability. Not really. He just possesses a shot. That's more of a winger's. Yeah, and, and there's play. also the yeah. idea that the center's got to come back more and do more defensive duties True. to retrieve the puck in their own zone, right? They're, they're patrolling, essentially, the goalie crease to goalie crease from one side to the other. Well, Brock Nelson doesn't do that. Mm-mm. If he's going to the, 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 the crease on the other side, he ain't getting back to that other crease anytime soon. So you better hope there's a face-off because that's the only way he's getting there and time for the puck to get there. Like, he, he's not that defensive responsible. Or no, his cruise control does not go that fast. <laughs> it's set at like strictly 55 miles an hour. His cruise control cannot go any higher. Absolutely. There, but yeah, that is an interesting one. I mm-hmm. definitely That one's going to mull over for a little while, I think. Good on whoever brought that up, you anonymous yeah. you. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Unbelievable. Got to give people the credit where credit is due. I'll take the credit for it. It's fine. It was me. Uh, at su- CLO Mitch on Twitter. <laughs> The Scooby-Doo logo. I, uh, God, the second I saw that image, I laughed. I, I literally lolled, and my wife had to come and look at me and say, are you all right? And then I showed her the picture, and she did not laugh whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe it's time to change it. <laughs> no, it's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, you know what, what else is, is good? That's ah, a terrible transition. I'm so bad at these transitions. Um, so I wanted to talk about preseason and the fact that we are undefeated. Does that mean anything? That's a simple question. Does it mean anything? What do you say? That that's a tough question because no, it, on at the on the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. But at the same time, I think you could still be happy with how they played, mm-hmm. and that does mean something. You know, Barzal with seven points that 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 means something. You know, it showed that he can hang with the big boys in the NHL and not be overwhelmed or whatever starstruck as he called it but uh i wouldn't say it it doesn't matter but like if they went if the shoe was reversed if they went like how many games did they play 7 preseason they played 8 preseason games okay if they went 0 and 8 would would the shoe be on the other foot would we be saying like oh my god this teams they're going to be terrible they're going to be a lottery team so I don't know. I, I don't know. I would. So in, in this other podcast that I do, we have a Habs fan on. And um, I was telling him that I, I'm not feeling the Habs this year. And it's all because of this this 0-8 or 0-6-2, I think they're, they're, they are, in their preseason. I look at their roster and I go, outside of Carey Price and Shea Weber, like there's not much going on over there. So I'm really worried for the Habs. And so... When the shoe fits, right? Oh, well, everything is great in Isles land, and we don't really need to worry about it. It's nothing much because they're winning. If they were losing, like you said, man, people would be losing their minds. Isles Twitter would be a tire fire. Uh, yeah. I definitely so think, I think all we take out of people, this... Go for it. I was going to say, I definitely think more people would be saying the preseason matters if they were doing bad. I definitely think people mm-hmm. like to spin their negative agendas and say like oh see you see that's why they're gonna be so terrible i told you so yeah exactly but we show a small glimmer of hope and then it's like oh well it's only in the preseason we can't get too hyped up about that yeah Um, and and to be like you said to be fair it 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 doesn't necessarily matter because no one's saying no one's gonna hang their hat on the fact that they beat the devils three nothing completely dominate it versus an ahl squad right even though they had brian Strait, who is now an ahl player no one's doubting the fact that that was a bad team. 
and we dominated a bad team, as we should have. But we still did dominate. We still did well. Now, what do we take out of that? Well, like Doug Wade said, just confidence, right? Like, you don't take any more of it. Because like you said, Matt, at the beginning of the show, it's a clean slate come day one. So come Friday, they're still 0-0-0, as most teams on Friday. At least Columbus is still going to be 0-0-0 when we face them. Um, the preseason means nothing towards the regular season. It's just confidence going in. You have that swagger, at least, that we know we're playing well. We know what we're doing. We know that the system that we've put in place is robust enough to win us some games. And that's it. And I think that's good enough, really. Like, I think that's exactly what you want when you when you finish the, the preseason, is that you have confidence going into the regular season. Right. I definitely think that having a positive in the preseason could then carry over into your regular season and get you put off on the right track. So I guess now I'm leaning more towards, yeah, it actually does mean something. I mean, I know at the end of the day, like, standings-wise, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. But you could still carry that momentum over to the regular season now. Could. You know, you could. Keyword, could. Yeah. This is such a tricky question, man. Yeah, because remember last season how the Colorado Avalanche went, I think it was 7-0 and or 6-0, and and they did not do well whatsoever. Mm-mm. So, like, yes, that happened, but... In terms of it mattering, it meaning something, yes, it means something on a very minute scale. It means something only in so much as we can define it to mean something. Does it actually, like you said, change the course of the season? Absolutely not. Like, it, it no. won't. But in a game of, of, of marginal advantages, I'll take it. Yeah. Overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw through the preseason as a whole. Mm-hmm. Between the youth, the wins, I'm, I was satisfied. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with it. So, agreed. Cool. And as Friday is now rapidly approaching, mm-hmm. the roster is set. Yeah, we have line combinations for the most part set. Um, any any thoughts on those? Would you have done things differently? Um, I wish I had like some bells and some chimes or something to like show my excitement for the fact that we only have two goalies on the roster. Ooh, that is a big one. That's a big it one. It shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> I know. It shouldn't be. There are 30 other teams in the league that are going like, what do you mean you're celebrating? Actually, there's 29 teams. I think there's, there's another team that has three goalies on the roster right now. Although I feel that one of that's due to injury. Don't quote me on that. I just I remember seeing that somewhere. Anyways, that, that's the big thing for me is that there's only two goalies and really the roster is as we thought it was going to be coming into the season, right? Like, well, there, there's no surprises here. Sure, Jordan, uh, Jordan Eberle's name is there, but as soon as that trade was made, we knew that was going to happen. And even before that trade was made, Ryan Strome was making the team. Exactly. So right? there wasn't anyone that, that like struck out and said like, oh, they were a surprise to make it. But I think I was pretty much satisfied with both you know the roster decisions that there wasn't anything crazy although Devontae's made a little bit of a push at the end when he got recalled up for the last preseason game people were thinking oh you know oh what's happening here um, yeah but, what's your thought on that i want i'd like what do you think about that whole situation him coming up and then going back down i think that was dumb what was the point like did they really not have that much faith in ryan pulak 
was do you think that was to get him motivated to get Pulak motivated it is so that's that's a big thing to do to him like I mean, that, that's, that's I guess he got a point and he played well uh, and I guess no love lost like Devin Tate was always going to play in the AHL next season but it was just I just if that's what it's going to take to get him motivated is that it, it seems that Gar Snow is willing to take these hardline stands with young players except when it doesn't matter. Or, sorry, that's not what I want to say. He's ready to take these hardline stances only when it's convenient. That's what I want to say. Like at the mm. beginning of the season or at the beginning of a training camp where Joshua Sang sleeps in, boom, out of here for the year. I don't even want to talk to you. You run the stairs, get out of my face. But here's a guy that is projected to make your, your, your defensive core and should be a defensive stud going into it, at least for the years coming. And you're going to like, oh, we'll try to do some like psychological games with him. Where's the hardline guy? Or, or last year when, when Barzal played the puck in, in, in the penalty box, you sat him on the bench or you had Capuano sit him in, on the bench and, and scratch him the rest of the, of the time. He played one game against um, Washington and that was it. Yeah. Or was it? No, sorry. It was reverse. He did the, the penalty. Uh, the, the playing the puck in the penalty box against Washington. He sat for a while, played against Montreal, and didn't play, and then sent him out. Yeah, it was a very short stint. It was only two games, so yeah, it, it is inconsistent. I guess we could say from Garth Snow, like he, it's not, it's not like he's always that hard ass, and he, I don't know, he's like somewhere in between. If I feel like, and yeah. the consistency isn't always there. And I understand a lot of people are going to go like, well, you should only expect that from from the terrible GM and the worst GM in the world. And like, well, yes, okay, you got a point there that that was a terrible decision. Same thing with Devin Taze. It just doesn't seem like that was necessary. Although if that's what it took to get Ryan Pulak to realize that his roster spot wasn't 100% safe, then fine. But you think that that would have been communicated at the beginning of the season. Right, like, and you could have done, or sorry, the season, the beginning of training camp, and that could have been done differently ahead of time. Going like, you know, we're not going to play you tonight. We're going to play Taves because we don't think that you can do it. Whether that happened or not behind closed doors, I don't know, um, but it just seems that that would be the more, the easier course of action than bring a guy up and bring him back down the next day. Right. I think the real mistake was sending sending him down so early in the first place. I would have kept him around longer to begin with. That's right. So I think that's the real mistake. I th- obviously, calling him back up, they felt like they had to call him back up when in reality he should have just been there all along. Yeah, and he's still impressed even being called up. He still got a point that night. He did. I really think that he might make an appearance later this year if there's ever an injury or something like that. Oh, God, yeah. If there's an injury, he's the first guy up easily. Right, so I I definitely think he's the first one up from Bridgeport, especially if there's an injury. He should be next yeah. in line. There's no reason, unless some other defender outshines him like Van de Sample does. But like I, I, I imagine they'll want to keep, just like Taze last year, they'll want to keep him in the NHL all season long. Right. I do, I do have a bit of a hypothetical for you. Okay. Shoot. It, it's it's call-up related, and you're going to know where I'm going with this, I think, very shortly. Okay. If they have someone who's not a fourth liner yeah, okay. go down, Yeah. is MDC the next one called up? You'd have to think so, right? Like, who else are I they going to call up? Kiefer Bellows? No, he's playing in the, a- the the WHL this year. He's not coming back until the WHL season is, is over because, well, that's the rule. He can't mm-hmm. come back. Um, so who else are they calling up? Bracken Kearns? Sorry, 
That's a fourth liner. Is he even still there? I I don't I don't. Remember. No, he's not. He's with New Jersey because yeah. I got yelled at that by saying that in an article like a couple weeks ago. There you go. Sorry. The, your pelters are my. Anyways, yeah. Um. So who was Steve Bernier? Right. Like no, that's a fourth liner. Same thing with Steven Gianta. You don't call up Steven Gianta to fill in a top six role. Um, now, with that being said, you can shift around your lineup anyways, right? Like, if there's a top six player that goes down, well, you got Hossang and Bofillier and even Brock Nelson in your bottom six that you can shift up. Uh, and especially if it's Brock Nelson, well, then guess what? Casey Zegas moves up and you call in Steven Gianta. Right, so, so then... I'm not sure problem- that Dal Cole does unless he has a good AHL season. I don't think he gets called up just for a short stint, like an injury, and then gets sent back down. I think they would want to bring him up and keep him up, but I just don't see that opportunity coming at this point this year. How about we say that won't happen in the first half of the season, right? They'll they'll, they'll rather shift around, like you said, players within their roster and then bring in a fourth liner. Later on in the season, once he's had his, like, you know, 30, 40 games in the AHL, they can bring him up because they've, they've got a big enough sample size from him at the AHL level. Assuming he's doing what he did last year, which was... was 41 points, 40 some odd points last year. I think it's 41. Um, if he does the same thing this year, then I, I don't see why they wouldn't, at least after the halfway mark of the season. So come January, February. So kind of similar to what happened with Hosang last year? Yeah, so I guess not January, February, but February onwards. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm. I think it's just because my feelings on him. You know, I, I'm done. You're, you're a hashtag done. I'm doing the, the hashtag, hashtag thing with my fingers. I am, I am hashtag done. I, I can't, <laughs> can't do it anymore. He's one of – I said this. I'm, I yelled about this already. But he's one of three players left from that first round in 2014 that has not made his NHL debut yet, and he was a top-five pick. That is pretty bad. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But li- listen, I, I've heard the case made that he's a power forward. The Isles already have one of the best power fours in the league, why do they need another one? You're certainly not going to make a second line exactly like the first line, so why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. And then there are better players, maybe not even better, but just as good players that fill a better role for the Islanders in Hosang, Beauvillier, and Barzal. So, sorry, bud. It's just kind of a timing thing. Yeah, I think I would have moved him. I would have tried to move him a while ago. Oh, right. And who says they, that he, they didn't? They're just, you know, it's takes two to tango no you're right fair point and All especially if the uh, joe Sakic is your tango partner you're not going too far no no but i was all for moving del call in a duchene like trade not to re bring that up but oh i don't think you're going to find any opposition to that anywhere yeah i was about that i was a little apprehensive about barzal and definitely more so after what we've seen so far um but i don't know we'll see uh, anything else with the roster that stuck out to you or that you wanted to hit on? No, it's, it's the, the, the roster's fine. It's like I said, it's as we expected it. Like really the roster itself is pretty boring considering last year we had three goalies. Yeah. It's just boring because there's no bad player. Well, I'm sure there's some bad players like Nick, like isn't a great player, but like there, there's no pick that we're going, Oh my God, you're going to flip the table or start screaming. And like, you're going to talk to your girlfriend. Like, can you believe this? And she's looking at you bewildered. Like who's Jason Chimera? Why are you yelling at me? Get out of my face. Like there's, there's none of that on the Isles roster this year. Damn, it's just like you peered into my life right there. That was a little weird. <laughs> uh, I replaced girlfriend with wife because I realized not everyone has a wife. 
true. Well, that that was very accurate description. Yeah. That was a little, ooh, a little creepy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no like parental wave right before the season yeah, start. It was true. all pretty much like this is what we expect. Which is uh, not to re- like rehash history, but like that was weird because everyone thought he was going to fill in on the top line, and then he was just gone. Like <laughs> peace, none. Bizarre. Garcino was definitely hashtag done with PA Parento last year. <laughs> Garcino was hashtag done with PA Parento last year. Why? I don't that know. Because he had sure. signed him like six weeks earlier. He's like, yeah, I'll bring him in. Six weeks later, I hate that guy. Get him out of here. Yeah. That was definitely an overreaction to the preseason, like what we talked oh, about yeah. earlier. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So for the main topic of this segment, season preview. Expectations. What are your expectations for this year? High, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. Okay, so first off, the, the first thing, right, and I think we spoke about this already, is that the um, the Vegas line for the over-under on the Isles is 88.5 points. I don't understand why they see the Isles lose, what is it, so to six points this year, mm-hmm. even though they got better. Like, just looking at the swap, all they did is, is they replaced, sorry, they lost Travis Hamannick. Like, that's not a big deal. As I'm going through the game scores game by game, I, I'm still at the end. I've just finished November, and, like, that's still when Hamannick was with Letty, and that pairing was terrible. They were on the ice for so many goals for mm-hmm. and not creating any offense whatsoever. So they weren't doing their, their defensive due diligence, nor were they creating any offense. Right. So I keep hearing that, oh, well, they, they got to replace Hamannick. They got to replace Hamannick. You know what? I think we can. I think we have the personnel to do that, and I don't think it's going to be that hard. I love the guy; he's a great individual, but I don't see why we we have to like use his or shape our opinions on the guy based off of what he does off the ice. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, do you think you're saying that Pulak is going to be the one to fill that role? No, I, I don't necessarily or... think so because I think Pulak's a different type of player. I just think that they have the personnel where they can shift those minutes around and they okay. can get that extra production. Keep in mind, he, he had, what, like 25 points last year? Oh, he had a terrible year last year. So, and, and, well, again, he did miss a lot of time, but, like, when did he not? Right? Like, it just seemed like every year, Travis Hamannick has some, like, a broken finger or he's got some other thing. He broke a foot. He comes back pretty quick. I'll give him that much. He's got some sort of X-Man healing factor, but um, he, he still is not that great. He's just not that great. He's a great guy. He's just not that great a player. The fact that we got a first round and two seconds for him, oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah, 14 points last year. 14. Come on. Like, if Ryan Pulak doesn't put that up, there's something wrong. True. True. Although, Pulak in the offensive zone isn't, the problem for me it's the defensive zone that i think he might struggle with at for in the first half of the season i'll say i think it's going to take a little bit for him to get his feet under him and then after a while i think it'll end up being okay but that's just a slight concern with him yeah ah, he's got everyone else around him listen adam pellick put up 12 points in 53 games last year like if adam pellick doesn't put up 14 points there's something wrong I think he can even put up the 26 points. Well, that's fine. That might be a stretch for him, actually. But all I'm saying is that replacing Travis Hamnick isn't going to be a problem for the Islanders. It's not. No. Uh, I see your point. I, I would say I, I agree. 
I so definitely agree. Losing six points off last year, they finished with ninety four, wasn't it? I'm gonna have to yes. look it up anymore. Yes. Can I say something? Toronto had ninety five. This is gonna be a little bit of a of a. You know what grinds my gears um, about oh, last here year? Is <laughs> here we go. So everyone says the Islanders missed out on on the playoffs by a single point, right? They did not. A single point ties them with the Maple Leafs, and they don't have any of the tiebreakers against the Maple Leafs, last I checked. So even if they had that extra point, they still wouldn't have made the playoffs. They needed two points last year. Two. So stop saying one point, everyone. One point brings you level with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you can't pass them. All right. You hear that? That's right. It was two points. You needed 96 points. That's right. They had 94 points. This was our new segment we wanted to debut, Old Man Yelling at Cloud. He enjoyed That's it. That's right. I did. He oh, also says, get know, off my lawn. Yeah, you know what? I'm trying to rethink that. I go on this big, <laughs> big tangent, <laughs> and I'm like, well, hold on a second here. Wait a second. Because the row is regulation overtime wins, and an overtime win is plus one, right? Last I did math. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's 95 points, and an overtime win would hit them at 40 row, which is more than the Maple Leafs. So, you know what? I take back. Come on my lawn. <laughs> Get up on my lawn. Um, come hang out. That cloud, he's fine. It looks like a dragon. It's all good. The headlines now read, news. Uh, <laughs> local man retracts statement about cloud. <laughs> he says it's fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was it's amazing. good to be alive sometimes, make mistakes, oh, God. and have a microphone in your face to record it so everyone uh, can listen. This is a fun show. This is the point where we all point and laugh at Mitch. Yay. Um, no hockey. Okay. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but to get back to the main point, I don't understand why everyone is picking the Islanders to finish like 6th or 7th in the Metro. I just can't see it. I really don't. What is so great about Carolina? Like, Carolina's like the new hot team that's like, oh, they're going to be the second wild card this team. What is so good about Carolina? Can someone explain that to me? They have a good young defensive core, and they got some good offensive pieces. And but they better might... than the Islanders? No. God, no. Yeah. Well, that, 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 I don't think right. so, but then again, you're asking an Islanders fan. Like, that's not fair. You're preaching to the choir at this point. Yeah, I just feel. I think it's just that I'm so mad that it's like – Every time the Islanders seem to be getting overlooked for something, and now it's just here we go again. With the oh, no, the Islanders are going to take a step back. Do they get a 50, 60 point player in Jordan Eberle to play next to John Tavares? Yeah. Oh, but no, they're going to take a step back. And they they're lose gonna... a 30 point player. Ah, whatever. It, that's what doesn't make sense because they're just, they swapped out someone who's going to put up half the production that Jordan Eberle is going to put up. And that's all they lost. Yeah. It's essentially the same team. With yep. a better Beauvillier, a better Hosang, likely, and then Barzal, who's probably going to be good. An actual second-line center in Barzal. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, keep in mind, they, they, they lost Franz Nielsen before last season, so they didn't have a second-line center. That was supposed to be Ryan Strom, and that was all pfft, terrible. That was awful. It did not work whatsoever. So the second-line center last year was, what, Brock Nelson? That was amazing. Like, who was the second-line center last year? Exactly. They didn't really have one. They, yeah. did, they didn't really have one. They have one this year. Plus, like you said, they added Jordan Eberle. Like, there, there's no reason to think this team should be as bad as people are projecting them to be. It's that they just don't like the Islanders' defense. 
That's the only argument I ever hear is that the Islanders' defense is wishy-washy. Well, it wasn't any better last year with Travis Hamannick in the mix. Like, if anything, it got better this year, as we already discussed. So, how? Like, they, they just, they, they see names like Calvin Ahan and Thomas Hickey, and they go, that's not the greatest thing. But then they forget, they forget that we have Nick Letty, who's a 46-point player last year. He's, what, 26 years old? Yes. He's just entering his defensive prime. Like, if he doesn't score 50 points this year, I'll be disappointed. And that's realistic expectations, too, I would say. That's four points more than last year, and he came off to a really slow start. Like, already I saw that. Was it Doug Wade thinks that Nick Letty should be in the Norris conversation? Well, should. Sorry, not should. Could. Which makes sense, like you just said. Like, he put up 46 points in 81 games last year. He's going up and up every year. He, there's one year he scored 37 points. And then from there, it was kind of like she was shifting back to 18, 31, 37. He hasn't scored fewer points for year upon year since his second year in the league. Like, this guy is just getting better every year. And you would think now at 26, he's starting to hit that prime. Yeah, exactly. So he'll turn 27 in March, right at the end of the season. Like, this guy is just hitting his prime if he doesn't hit 50 points this year, I will be disappointed. It's a bad season for Nick Letty if he doesn't hit 50 points this year. All right. So if you had to put a number on how many points the Islanders finished with this year, what do you think it would be? 98. At I was going to say 99. Sorry? I was going to say 99. So we're pretty close yeah. in pre- with our prediction. Yeah, like, I, I don't want to say, like, oh, they're going to be a 100-point team. But, like, they, they very well could be. They were just two seasons ago uh, with Jack Capuano behind the helm. Like, I really think that this team could be right there. It's going to be tough because they're in a difficult conference. And I think that's going to play into factor. Where it's, you might not have – well, maybe you will. You might have four 100-point teams going to the playoffs like they did last year. Um, but they might just not because you have that Carolina team that's going to steal some games. They did last year against the Islanders. They're going to do it against other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils aren't the worst team in the league, but they're not great. Um, they're going to steal some games too. Philadelphia, I have some people, uh, again, in my other podcast thing, they're, they're a playoff team, that they're going to be a top three seed. I don't know where they came, came out with that, but that, the, the optic is there that Philadelphia should be a good team this year. So it's going to be tough in the Metro, but I, I just think the Islanders are, are, are a better team than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I definitely – look, I'm not putting down the Metro. I definitely think it's the most competitive division in the sport. But I, I do think for sure, no bias here, but the Islanders are overlooked. None at lot. all. No bias whatsoever. Definitely no bias. Very objective. No. So we're both in agreement they're going to have a more positive year. Are you saying playoffs with oh, 98 points? Yes, I'm saying playoffs. Okay. I, as well, I'm saying playoffs with 99 points. So it'd be pretty fun to do a little EOI playoff GIF action. Mm. So hopefully we'll be doing some of that. Yeah. I have it in my, in my standing, I put the Islanders in the first wild card spot with the Rangers below them in the second wild card spot. You hear that, Rangers? You hear that? We're coming for you. Second wild card at best. At best. Um, I might flip flop it, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Islanders finished ahead of the Rangers. Mm hmm. Nor would not I. shock me one bit because yeah. I, I think we already talked about it on this show in an earlier episode, but Henrik Lundqvist at his age and they are very weak down the middle. So, yeah. 
Um, okay. Want to get into the fun social segment? Let's do some sociables. Let's do it. Okay. So this one was your idea, the Sportsnet pump-up <laughs> video. Yeah. So if if no one saw it, Sportsnet put out a hype-up video for the season. So they put it out just yesterday. Sportsnet is the um, the major... Well, it's not the major. It's the only... They, they control all hockey in Canada, which sounds amazing. It's not, but whatever. Um, they own all the rights to televised hockey throughout Canada. Uh, they bought it for $5 billion. That's right. The B. Yeah, they spent $5 billion. Uh, it's worth a lot up here, coincidentally. Anyway, so they, they set that, that the theme of that video to Game of Thrones. They even started it with like the Sansa Stark quote. I don't want to spoil much, but in the last season, she says something about how um, the pack might freeze, but the lone wolf survives. So I'm getting the quote wrong. I'm butchering it, but like something along those lines. And you're like, oh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're like, what does that even have to do with what they're doing? Like that was such a far stretch to, in, in my mind that I can see like the, the PR or maybe not the PR, but like the marketing team going, all right, guys, here we go. What is set in winter? And someone lifts up their hand and say, hockey. And they go, that's right, Jim. You know what else is set in winter? What? Game of Thrones. Oh, and people started melting their minds. And you're going, someone else must have lifted their hand saying, yeah, but that's a really flimsy link, guys. That is a flimsy, flimsy link. Um, so I wanted to go and just take some TV shows and adapt them to the aisles. Just to oh, see. God. Make these, these flimsy links. Right, so if they, Game of Thrones is about hockey for some reason, um, what else? So I, I I I thought about some like big TV shows, and I tried to just off of the title link them to the Islanders, and I got two. That's all I could really, as far as my creative juices went today. Um, one was The Big Bang Theory, which is a show about a conspiracy theory that the NHL didn't want the Isles to win against the Capital Series, and the Big Bang was Tom Wilson knocking out Lubomir Vishnovsky. <laughs> okay, so yeah. it was a hit the NHL put on. That's right. On the aisles, they're like, we can't have this team go into the second round. We can't do that. Always got to win his cup. And then sure enough, he goes against the Penguins and loses. But still, um, the aisle, the, the, the league won none of it in the Islanders in the second round. Okay, all right. And the second one is it's This Is Us. It's a dramatic, sober reflection as to why, uh, what it is to be an Islanders fan. It's going to be a real tearjerker. So the pain of being an Islanders fan is compared to the This Is Us. That's right. Not not lived through Isles Twitter, but on screen, and it's visceral, and it's real. Yeah. Imagine that. It just follows along like an Isles fan over the last 10 years, and just living through the highs and the low, low, lows, and everyone cries. Because I don't know if you've seen This Is Us. That's the thing. Everyone is supposed to cry the whole time. This is what I've heard. I've never watched it, but I heard it's a lot of very emotional. It's very emotional. My wife likes it a lot. I, I, I don't mind it, but there's a lot of crying involved. Okay, I'm not. I'm not into crying. <laughs> so, I, so I'm gonna take it. I do have one. You put me oh, on the yeah? spot, but I'm okay. gonna have to change up the title a little bit to make it uh, work. It's uh, Kevin James' vehicle. Kevin can wait, but this time it's gonna be called John can wait because he's waiting for a new contract. Hello. And also, it takes place. The show takes place on Long Island. So then, hey, you know, the Islanders got to come back to Long Island. So there's the link. It all together. Yeah, that's good. I like it. You can also wait for an arena, but we'll see what that happens there. Yes. (laughs) Oh God. 
what else is going on in in Isles Twitter? You got what do you got on your side there? Um, the puppy calendar. Oh God, the shoot that came up from that. Oh God, how could you be saying Oh God, Mitch? It's the two best things in this world: hockey <laughs> players and puppies. What is not to love? It's just a, it's gold, a little so... golden lab licking Josh Hosang in the face. What is not to love? That's my cover photo on Twitter now. <laughs> it's just so contrived. Oh my God. I get it. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as if those dogs get adopted, then they did their job and I'm loving it. But like, it's just, God, every team does it. And it's just, uh, uh. keep them doing it. I, I don't mind if I don't want them to stop doing it. I just don't care that much about it. Oh, I am. I'm shook right now. I can't believe this. <laughs> I like puppies and I like hockey players. It's just every year it's the same calendar shoot. Don't the players get like, hey, is this not the same dog as last year? Why are they not getting adopted? Are these calendars doing anything, guys? Cal, just I mean, get in front of the camera and smile with the puppy. I mean, Thomas Grice must have taken home like 16 dogs at this point. I think he adopted some last year. His wife's like, where are we going to put all these dogs? And don't worry, don't worry, we'll buy a bigger house. I'm, I'm getting paid this year. Don't worry about it. Two yeah. million is for the dogs. Oh, my God. I, I love it. I If anyone is wondering what to get me for Christmas, a puppy calendar. It's a puppy I'm calendar. all in for it. I could use that for 2018. I don't even know where I would put it. I, I have a calendar on my phone. Why would I buy a paper calendar for like $20? To look at pictures of puppies, Mitch. What are you not getting about this? <laughs> All right. I'm out of touch, clearly. Oh, my God. Um, and then I did have one more in the social segment. Uh, today, which is the fourth, is the three-year anniversary mm. of Garth Snow coming out of the clouds and acquiring Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty. What, what? That was amazing. Whoa, what a day to be alive that was. I was. I remember that day. I was in college. I was going to school. And I just remember, like, oh, my God, they got... Johnny Boychuk, and then, oh, my God, they got Nick Letty. Like, what a day in the life this is. Where does this come from? It was, like, so random. It was right before the season started. Unexpected. I, was, I know, I know you, you mentioned this to me before. Like, you, you knew exactly where you were. So I tried to think about it, and I was like, where the heck was I? And I'm sure it was just, like, some lame day at work. And I was like, oh, what's going on today on the interweb? Oh, hey, look, the Islanders got two defensemen. Holy Hannah. There's more explicatives involved, but like, you know, we won't repeat those here. Um, and I couldn't believe it. It was just, it was the exact game changer I wanted from them. Just that's the one thing that they were missing is just stud defensemen. And they got them for nothing. Nothing. Yep. It was amazing. If they didn't make that trade, who would have been the top pair? Uh, Andrew McDonald, probably. And uh, Calvin DeHaan. So, so I, I wrote something about the the uh, the three year anniversary today, and I looked back on the twenty thirteen twenty fourteen roster, and um, the top point earner that year on the blue line was Andrew McDonald with twenty four points. Whoa. Oh, that's terrible. That's grotesque. And Adam Adam Pellick, we talked about that before. If Adam Pellick played every night, there's a chance that. That could happen, and that's sad. That if that's your top mm-hmm. grossing defenseman, and then like keep in mind, like they were still like they finished the bottom of the Metropolitan Division that year, um, but they still finished with Tavares getting sixty six points, Ukposa got sixty nine points that year, and Nielsen got fifty eight points. They still had the offensive firepower. They just weren't getting any contributions, at least offensively, on, from the defensive side, and they definitely weren't getting any defensive help on the defensive side. Um, mm. 
it didn't help that they had Yevgeny Nabokov, who did not want to be there whatsoever on, in, in between the pipes. He did well no, enough. that last year. Yeah. He did not want to be there. No, that was rough. So that was a very good day in Islanders history. Mm-hmm. So I just thought we should bring that up. And Garth Snow just pulled one out of his hat there three years ago today. The only and last day that Isles Realists and Isles Kool-Aid's drinker got together and agreed on something once. Yeah, it was nice. It was like a peace gathering. Both sides came with olive branches. We hugged. It was good. Yeah, and then we, you know, a second some, someone said Josh Bailey, they just started all over again. Yeah, and then the fight broke back out. Yeah, whoever that was, thanks a lot. It was definitely you, Mitch. You hey. can't go one day without bringing up Josh Bailey. <laughs> it was definitely me. In the corner, like, hey, what about that Josh Bailey guy? And then, <laughs> boom. Just stirring the pot. Yeah, out of nowhere. Oh, man. All right, that's all I had for a social segment. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else except for I'm excited for Friday, buddy. Yes. So, still less than 48 hours away from real New York Islanders hockey as we are currently recording now. As you are consuming this, it is probably even less than that. Mm-hmm. So, get hyped. Um, we should say, be sure to download our app for all Islanders coverage. You can find it in the Google Play and iTunes store. Search in Eyes on Isles, and you will get the app, see all our articles, podcasts, all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. And I am Mitch Anderson. Mitch, have a good night. You too, buddy. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.